ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we proudly present this podcast to you in all its glory. They are the bearded wonders, the twin sons from different mothers. He is Blake. He is Sal. And together they are the Blake and Sal Show. And if you're not okay with that, I have two words for you. Stay tuned. Episode 339. I'm your host, Blake. Um, first of all, the biggest deal in podcasting set off this week. He may or not be an actual zombie at this point of the week. We're not sure. But I do have the man, the myth, the legend, the man who's been obsessed with the toilet all day. Mark, Dad, how you doing? <laughs> hey, doing well. And uh, I tell you, now that we get our random toilet, I think all the problems will just flush on by. I see what you did there. What did we open the show with? This was your choice. We opened with Imagine Dragons on top of the world. And the reason I picked that is, you know what's coming back? Football! Not yeah. only pro football, but college football. It's starting in October, and they're doing an eight-game s- schedule. So this is going to be really different for everybody. Yeah, well, that's the um, Big Ten. Not just the college football, the Big Ten. So just to clarify that, because there are like 87 conferences, yep. so just to clarify the Big that. <laughs> conference starting in October. Yeah. So. But pro football started last week into this weekend, and I'm happy because everyone's been waiting for football season. All right. So does everybody know there's a guest coming? He'll be here in a few minutes. He's running a little late. That's what happened when you were running a massive website. So he'll be here in a few minutes. But we figured we'll get our plugs and all the other stuff. Oh wait, he's here. He is here in the in the in the queue. Let me press this as the music he's, he's here in the virtual world. Yes, he's popping into the frame right now as the music continues. And I love this song so much. Yeah. So, play his intro. All right. So that being said, um, we're waiting for his video to come on. There we go. We have our we have our guests yeah, here now. Proper introduction. Oh, our music faded out. Perfect, perfect timing. Music faded out. All right. Well, hey, I time that better for try. All right, let's bring on from Wrestling Inc. Nick Hoffman. Nick, how you doing? 
I'm doing great, Blake. I am so sorry. I'm running late here. I, I don't want to name drop, but like an hour ago, I interviewed Age, and we had to quickly turn around and get the headlines up on Wrestling Inc. So I'm no, it's all good. It, oh, it cool. is all good. That interview is sitting in my podcast queue to listen to when we're done with this. So don't worry. <laughs> it, it, it's fresh. It's as fresh as fresh candy be. It's yeah, well, literally less than an hour old. Perfect. Yeah. Actually, but before we even get to our plugs, why don't you tell everybody else what you, what other interviews you've had this week over at the Wrestling Game Daily Podcast? You've had some. You've had a big week. Big week already, and it's going to keep getting bigger. Yeah, we had Andrew Yang on Monday. We had uh, WWE outside legal counsel Jerry McDivitt on Tuesday. Today was Adam Page, and then tomorrow we're welcoming Jonathan Gresham, and Ow. that is a that is another interview that I I mean. I, I did the interview with Gresham last week, and I actually meant to lead off the week with it, and then just everything went crazy with Andrew Yang and Jerry McDivitt. Um, but I absolutely love this conversation with Jonathan Gresham. He's been an interview I've wanted to get for some time now. Uh, so much influence right now with Ring of Honor. And, you know, the bigger question, the, the bigger conversation I wanted to have with Jonathan, and I know we could talk about the interview, other interviews here, but, you know, there's just this big movement right now um, where black performers are trying to you know, make the same strides. I feel like that happened with the women's revolution. And, you know, when you think about, you know, influencers, locker room leaders, producers, agents, creative people that are backstage and pro wrestling, there's not a lot of black influencers. True. In there's a lot of white guys, a lot mm -hmm. of white guys. And so it was really interesting to get to pick Jonathan's mind about what it's like to be in a position right now to really create some change. Um, not just with the style of ring of honor and everything else they're doing, but also just as a human being and to be able to help, his fellow black performers. So I think everybody's really, really going to like that one. That'll be tomorrow on the Wrestling Inc. Daily. Awesome. For those hearing this on Friday, that'll be on Thursday. And I'll put the links up was, in I the... I was really impressed when Ring of Honor had the, the tag team championships and they got Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham as the champions. And to me, I think it's about time that Ring of Honor finally did something like this. All right, wait. Let's stop for a second because we'll get to Ring of Honor in a few minutes. We haven't even finished starting the show yet. So let's finish starting the show. <laughs> um, okay, go ahead. Help support the show and follow the platform you can find Joe and other projects we work on at theblakeandsouthshow.com. Dad, read South Park. Hey, you can buy our shirts, stickers, hoodies, and more from our T Public store. Click on the T Public link in our website and go to T Public and search the Blake and South Show with Mark. And also go <laughs> to blowthecollar.com and search for the show and get the shirts there. Also, I think we're working on the uh, coronavirus masks, or do we have those? We do have masks. We do have masks for real. We do legitimately have masks you can get with our logo on it at TeePublic. So that's legit. Um, for once, I'm actually not wearing one of our t-shirts today. I'm actually wearing the movie with my minute t-shirt. But whatever. No big deal. All right. Let's go to commercial. We'll come back, and um, I'll do one plug, and we'll start the show. All right. Um. This past Monday, as everybody knew last week, I was on the All the Month About Disney podcast talking about Disney Plus. That was fun. Today, I am on A League of Their Own one inning at a time. It is the ninth episode, and I am actually the guest announcer on that episode. So go listen to that. It's a lot of fun. I do love I love working with Tyranny, and I'm over there on that show. So my first appearance there, and she literally reached out to me and said, can you guest announce this one? I'm like, definitely, definitely for you. I will go out of my way and do that for you. So go listen to that right now. All right, Dad, I guess I should hit the wrestling intro, shouldn't I? Oh, go ahead. It's so really cool for the Easter boy, Ric Flair, to come on here and say thing or two. Incredibly, you all deserve this. Under the sea, under the sea. Uh, 
like regretting coming on this show right now no, with all the sound I'm, effects you're, you're, <laughs> this is perfect right now i had like a couple little things to do i'm enjoying the action and everything and I'm, I'm totally square now this is it's all good all right let's get into the news all right first things first ivar found out he went he underwent neck surgery after being injured on last week's draw nick do you have any other word on this surgery uh, all I know is that, yeah, it's, uh, I think, some kind of neck surgery here or something like that, as yeah. I read from the yeah. Observer. And, you know, we don't know how long he's going to be out. Um, I honestly don't have any updates on, on Ivar, uh, but I do think it's really interesting that they pushed on with Eric uh, over on Raw this past week, even though he lost. Yeah. Um, they don't officially do a lot of that when, like, one half of a tag right. team goes away. You know, you usually don't see them. You know, I guess it's different, too, because the Usos there. You know, they're getting. Because no, originally they thought. Uh, Ivar had a, a shoulder separation, and then when he found out it was cervical in the neck, that's a little that's bit a lot more worse. serious. Oh yeah. And um, and I've had neck surgery, and you're out anywhere from nine months to a year. Yeah. And that's during rehab. Oh yeah, those neck injuries are nothing to mess around with. That's for sure. One thing I will say about Eric, at least he can go to Raw Underground. Well, so that's a good thing. Been there, right? <laughs> well, you can go back. You can go. He can just live there with Davicato for like the next like year if needed so <laughs> sure yeah absolutely you know maybe daba kato and uh, braun Strowman can just use eric next week as like a volleyball <laughs> right and just kind of knock it back and forth the visual that's amazing shoot <laughs> up volleyball you know oh man that's great all right um one more injury note mickey james um sounds like she suffered a possible shoulder injury it explains the really abrupt ending we had to this match on monday this past week yeah, because it's accurate, or like, I, it was so abrupt. It was so weird how that no. match ended on Monday. No, no. Uh, the Observer reported just earlier today that the there is no injury. Like, wow, Mickey what James, the hell happened? Yeah. So, Mickey James totally fine. The referee just blew it. He wow. It. He thought, I guess the original plan, I think it was Mike Johnson over at PW Insider reported that, like, the plan was always to have Mickey James tap out to the Oscar lock, uh, but, like, the referee just kind of, was seeing how Mickey was reacting. I guess she was just doing a really good job selling to the point that the referee became concerned, which let's wow. take a moment to reflect on how many slammies Mickey James should get for but convincing a WWE referee that she was actually in pain and had injured herself when in reality she was totally fine. It was just, you know, the referee got scared. He called for the bout. That was all that's all she wrote. That's all I'm it was. It's crazy. That's really she crazy. Wow. My vote for the actress. Definitely. That's pretty damn impressive. Well, <laughs> what's really weird is when you watch the match and she did the reversal to get out of Ascalak and all the kind of like half-heartedly kind of noticed it wasn't on fully, but the ref right away called for the bell. Yeah, and everyone's was weird. kind of wondering, what the hell? What the hell? Weird. You know, it was really weird. And now here's the thing: is this ref going to be in a doghouse with the Vince company? Uh, I, I don't, you know, that's a really good question. I personally, I don't, 
I wouldn't put the referee in the dog. And again, we don't know what the referee was hearing from the back, right? Because like they have that earpiece in and it could be Vince saw something or Pritchard saw something. Right. Uh, and we're like, you know, th- you got to end this thing. She's really hurt. What are you doing, you idiot? Right? So, like, was it yeah. the ref's call? We don't really know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, uh, I think this is a bit of a happy accident, right? Because, you know, one thing that happened here was a lo- it got a lot of people talking about Mickey James and Asuka. And it got a lot mm-hmm. of people kind of feeling for Mickey James, I think, which is never a bad thing as a fan, you know. When the fans right. feel a wrestler has been wronged or something happened to them or they were screwed over, the fans just get louder and louder. And on a night where I think Mickey James was supposed to kind of pass the torch in a way to Zelina Vega as the number one contender to Asuka, I think she instead accidentally found herself very much still in the Raw Women's Championship picture, right? I mean, I think True. a lot of fans would say, yes, I, I need another Mickey James Oscar match after that. And I don't know what that right. does to their plans. That's a good know? point. Well, a very good point. When, when Mickey came into the program, it looked like she had a, a heel status and Oscar was a baby face. Now it looks like it's kind of reversed because of this. I'm not really sure and if it's reversed. Should be, I'm sure there will be another match with Oscar and Mickey James. I'm not yeah. really sure if it's reversed or it's just like Mickey went in as like the middle ground where it's like, you want room for Mickey, but she's not a heel. She's not a face. I am, by the way, we know that Mickey James. I don't know if, I know Nick, you probably know this. I don't know if your dad and you know this. There's a WWE Network special coming up this weekend. It's yeah. Trish and Mickey. And I'm looking forward to that. Like, I'm really excited to watch that documentary because that's a Mickey James no one remembers. No one remembers that Mickey. I'm looking forward yeah. to that this weekend. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting to think about the, you know, you bring up the the heel face dynamic with Asuka and Mickey, and I hadn't really thought about it, but like it is really, it was really more of a, a story of like respect between two of the best, right? True. And yeah. maybe, maybe you do spiral this out into, you know, Mickey James freaking out and feeling wronged. I mean, I think everybody would agree that Mickey James, just like you said, is middle of the road right now. You know, she's not one or the other. She's just mickey james you know right, right. Uh, it, it would be nice to see this maybe spiral into a, a, a shift for her a little change up you know what i mean true yeah all right yeah one last thing sasha banks was seen in the mandalorian season two trailer that popped up this week and um for i just want to address something that's been all over instagram that's not sabine People are saying Sasha Banks is playing Sabine. I am a massive Rebels fan. I love that show. Watch every single episode. That's not Sabine in the trailer. I'm sorry. That's not her. She's playing a Jedi. I hate to tell people this, but you're wrong. Let's try to clarify that. Nick, any thoughts on Sasha Banks in Mandalorian? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just happy for Sasha, right? Like, everybody loves Sasha Banks. And, you know, CM Punk made this comment on Twitter about a week ago or maybe less. He said he doesn't see another mega star breaking out of the current pro wrestling bunch, which I thought was a little bit of a slight. And, you know, seeing Sasha doing a Disney movie, getting in the Star Wars universe, um, I think it's just great, man. I mean, she's very, very talented. She deserves this opportunity. I, I think that once people see her in kind of a role like this, could open a lot of doors for her. And, and, you know, when you think about the talents in the wrestling business, who could be the next John Cena or who could be the next Batista, who's going to be the breakout um sasha and then like becky lynch i mean for my money right now in the pro wrestling business for the first time ever i think we're looking at some women really being able to to transfer oh, yeah. over into mainstream and that's a big departure from where we were the past couple of years it's very know? very true very very yeah. true so does that mean for halloween sasha is going as a jedi knight <laughs> 
I think you're going to see a lot of little girls with their purple hair and their purple lightsabers. I'll put it that way. Don't be shocked. Do not be shocked. <laughs> nice right. wind Let's stay in WWE world. Um, what the hell is this Mandy Rose situation? What What is this weird storyline with Mandy Rose being traded to Raw for the, because of the Miz? I don't understand this. It is so stupid. Nick? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I think, you know, and again, I'm going to take two steps back here and, and revisit what we were talking about with Asuka and Mickey a little bit. You know, I think that with Shayna and Nia Jax on top, um, then you got the Riot Squad mixing it up with them and the Iconics, you know, were there, but now they're kind of split up. We don't know what's going on. Um, I think that there was just a lack of top level competitors for Asuka over on Raw. You know, again, especially since the, the tag title seemed to be a centerpiece over with the women over there. And I think they realized that. And I think that that's why Mandy got moved. I don't think it's an indictment on her and, and Otis. I think that they did everything they could, and I think there's probably still some road to go there with those two down the road. But I think that this was a call by Vince. And this is just me speculating, but I think this was a call by Vince and others that we need Mandy Rose. We need more singles women over on Roddick to go up against Asuka right now because Sasha and Bailey, uh, you know, they can, those two, they've got that SmackDown women's picture on lock right now. But I think Asuka's missing that right person to tango with. You know, we see him trying out Mickey. We see him trying out Zelina Vega. I think we're going to see him try out. I think we, I mean, I think it'll be, honestly, I would be surprised if like Clash of Champions isn't Mickey versus Zelina versus Mandy versus Asuka and like a fatal four way type deal. Wow. But I think that's interesting. I think, oh, yeah. There you yeah. go. I think we're moving into Mandy Rose as a, as a number one contender for Asuka much, much sooner than later. That's really interesting. No, this, this I'm not going to lie. Lead to, the other rumor I heard does this lead to basically trying to get the money in the bank contract off of Otis and to put it in on Miz or Morrison? You know, I don't know. You know, I heard, I, I, I will say that Otis really seems to have lost a lot of momentum in the past month or so. I mean, I don't know if it's just because of a change up in creative. I don't know if they just ran out of, uh, of, of ideas for Otis. I don't really know what it is, but he definitely seems to have lost some steam. I absolutely do not see him as a world champion at this moment in time. Um, with Miz, like, you know, he's always conveniently not there when the Retribution guys are around. I've uh -huh. heard that he was under one of the Retribution hoods on Monday night. Uh, yeah. Could Retribution take the money in the bank? Is this like a thing for them where they can, you know, take Vincent's most prized possession and make that as another way to sow seeds of chaos with them? Is that's a thought that I've had in my mind. I, I honestly yeah. wish I had a better answer for you, but it's just speculation on my part, you know? Because the point. other thing I was thinking about is what if I'm Clash of Champions? That Otis cashes in his contract, money bank contract, and gets his butt royally kicked. You know, and that could be it too. You know, he cashes it in and he just fails. But I, you know, they have been doing a lot with on those Friday nights with you know Miz and Morrison and, and the contract and everything. Could be a red herring. Um, right. I, I just, I don't know. Otis on top right now with the title, especially with Roman Reigns being your SmackDown champion. I mean, I do not see Otis derailing that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You know. All right. Sorry. I had to go run. I, I'm boiling chicken behind me. I had to go turn down the stove. Um, <laughs> um, wow. That's awesome. I've never. <laughs> That's what I ran off to do. After there was a boiling chicken in the background. That's another one off my bucket list. That's I got to make dinner when this show is over. I got to make dinner. Boiling um, chicken. Is that a new independent wrestler game? Is that it? He's number oh, 499 okay. on the PWI 500. Um, <laughs> 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 anyway, um, her business, Cedric Alexander. Now heard the her business officially. I thought this was impressive. I actually thought Cedric looked good. His promo was really good. He looked great in a suit. Did not expect that. Like <laughs> overall, I think he fits in right well. Dad, what do you think? 
I think Cedric's uh, place in the Hurt business comes at an appropriate time. Uh, Cedric is like the young, up-and-coming uh, wrestling star, and MVP notices his talent and basically wants to lock him in to the Hurt business, which is good. Uh, my thing is, is when they had the little spiel with Adam Pierce, but Retribution coming in, and here you got four guys in suits coming to kick butt. And my question is, where is the rest of the Raw locker room? On SmackDown, Retribution comes in, the SmackDown locker room comes out all aggressive. On Raw, you got four guys to hurt business. And, you know, you can only do so much when you got like 22 people kicking butt on four guys and there's no True. one there to assist. So I know you're trying to sell the storyline, but realistically, I'm sure like every other fan is, Where's the rest of the Raw locker room when it comes to that? Or is there somebody within the Raw locker room that are going, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. There's no problems. All right. Um, bring your retribution. I just want to throw this retribution here. According to the picture I have, I got Diamond Atzikovic, Mercedes Martinez, Dio Madden, Mia Yim, Shane Zorn. Those are the ones seen on Monday. Nick, you're missing The Miz. You're missing other people. What are your thoughts on retribution at this point? Um, I mean, it started off as this quasi-offensive political statement about Antifa, right? And then it has morphed into this kind of, uh, I mean, it, it's morphed into a trope that we've seen quite a bit from WWE, which is a bunch of young rebels coming in to take the establishment, right? I mean, it really smacks a lot of the Nexus stuff, S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff. That's kind of what it's becoming, right? It's gone from this kind of uh, uh, more avant uh, statement to just another group of young individuals looking to take down the system. And um, it's a, it's a, I mean, look, everybody has fond memories of Nexus and the shield and all of that, but I think it's going to be a lot more of the same. I think that, you know, even following the Nexus uh, roadmap, I think that this whole thing is building towards uh, survivor series in November where we're oh, yeah. going to see, we're going to see the WWE guys get together to try to take out and run off retribution, you know, which is exactly what happened with Nexus. I think Hurt Business is being positioned to be uh, their foes. I think Keith Lee is. Alistair Black. I think Kevin Owens is a red herring when Black called him out. I think he'll wind up uh, defending WWE in the end. Um, mm -hmm. But for me, it's like, yeah, these these individuals need a leader to legitimize this entity and make it work. Um, the Miz being a part of it, interesting. Could be another red herring. I'm kind of pot sold on the idea that Randy Orton is behind a lot of this. They still haven't attacked Orton. The lights went out, you know, when he went to punt Ric Flair mm -hmm. in the head. He's mysteriously gone right now as Retribution attacks Drew McIntyre and Keith Lee to end Raw, his two biggest nemesis at the moment. So I just can't get away from the idea that I think there's something to the idea that Randy Orton is in cahoots with these masked men. So it's kind of, I guess, you mentioned the Survivor Series. Because here's the thing with Survivor Series, if they would do the three brands, Raw, NXT, and SmackDown, no problem. But now you're going to have Raw, Retribution, and SmackDown because Retribution is coming from NXT. So, yeah. I mean, if they play it that way, like they're doing a hassle takeover a la NWO style, then I guess, you know, you can kind of play out the storyline as far as you can go. And then at the end of Survivor Series, the unmask, and you realize who's in the group and who's not. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, if, you know, playing off the idea that it's largely going to be NXT talent, like again, the Miz being in the mix, be a little weird, 
But is Hunter behind this, right? Is this Triple H's attempt to take over Vince's promotion once and for all? I mean, I feel a little, I feel a little weird having just seen a lot of these talents that you listed yeah. involved in like regular NXT programs. Like, what would be their motivation to don these hoods and go through Molotov cocktails at an electric mm-hmm. generator? You know, it, it seems like you'd have to have somebody pretty powerful behind them. You know, another theory I, I put out there was. Maybe it's Shane McMahon, right? He's got this raw underground going on, this illegal underground fight league. Maybe he needs to keep security busy and off his back, so he just paid off all these guys to go around and cause a bunch of chaos so that he can, you know, I don't know, again, run his fight club. My, my theory is on the Triple H because with him being demoted, this is his way to get even. Oh, that's real. That's deep. And, again, you're, you're talking, like, real stuff because he, he's no longer the EVP of live right. Right, yeah, yeah. Now he just he's an your your story is going very inject, meta. <laughs> yeah, but they inject real stuff into the storyline when they choose to, and then they try to remove it when they don't want it. it does that seems way too meta for me? The saying, <laughs> a little too you meta. Know, it's a lot, but you know, when I, I I originally saw the Ryan Satin report about retribution, where he's like, you know, they're going to debut this angle tonight. That just before everybody sees it, you should know this is not political. You know, it's not like. <laughs> W and again, it was like a thousand percent political. I know it but was like WWE. You know they 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 work a lot of subliminal stuff into the. I don't know that they would be so direct and say that you know my title got changed from this to that. But I could see Hunter more vaguely saying, you know, I've watched myself get pushed to the side. I'm not going to let that happen. We're going to take this thing by force. You know. So. There you go. All right. Well, let's move on. We had Warrior Wrestling this past weekend. First show. We don't talk about Warrior Wrestling here much, but we will now because Nick is one of the commentators for Warrior Wrestling. Well, yeah. let's start there. You are working with a friend of the show, Rich Porchini. He's been on this show twice, so he's a great guy. Um, tell us about tell, tell us about Warrior Wrestling and the history behind Warrior Wrestling, how you got involved with it, the people that don't know. Yeah, so Warrior Wrestling's been around, I think, about three years now, two, three years. Definitely, like, years at this point. Um it's run by uh, Principal Steve, Steve Tortello. He's the actual principal for Marion Catholic High School in Chicago Heights, Illinois. Uh, he's a huge pro wrestling fan, and I've had uh, the luxury of getting to have some private lunches and meetings with Steve, pick his brain just about this. And, like, you know, as much as he's about my age, he's a principal of this massive school. And on top of really having a, a passion for teaching kids and, and all of that, you know, always wanted to be a pro wrestling promoter. And regardless if it had happened at Marion Catholic, which is great because he's got wonderful infrastructure. It's the most well-run independent wrestling promotion I've ever been a part of. Steve would have, I, I firmly believe Steve would have promoted a wrestling company one way or another, had it been Warrior or had it been something outside the school. But yeah, so I guess Marion Catholic High School, they were pitching fundraisers. They're like, hey, do we do a brownie sale? Hey, do we do Pinewood Derbies? And Steve was like, no, why don't we bring in these oiled up men in their underwear to roll around and make money for the school you know and they after some bandying about realized that this man wasn't insane and they gave him the book and you know planned the first show for me i've known rich uh bikini for years now at this point and just we've remained friendly when he was offered the role of commentator for warrior they asked him who he wanted to do it with and when he thought chicago and Guys that talk into microphones, he thought of me. And I'd really only done maybe three, four shows of commentary for Black Label Pro. And, you know, I I was working with Gregory Iron, who's great, and I love Greg, but I never really had, like, a comedy commentary mentor. And so for me, this was a huge win. You know, I get to make a little money uh, going to call wrestling action. I also get to learn 
from somebody who's been in the SmackDown booth before. And uh, so that's how I got involved with it. Um, I was really... <laughs> I had to be sold a little bit on it because when I saw the first show had Jack Swagger versus Alberto Del Rio with Ricur R R Ricardo Rodriguez returning as his mouthpiece, I was like, this is the most indie-rific stuff I've ever seen in my entire life. This is way too loaded of a show. This has all got to be a scam. And I had some people be like, no, this is really happening. You should do it. You should commit yourself. And I'm really glad I was convinced otherwise because uh, it's just been an incredible road, and I've got to work with some really awesome people, and it's the best promotion in the Midwest, in my opinion. And maybe the country, maybe the best indie in the country outside of maybe like GC. So. Well, the one thing I give them credit for is the outdoor shows, especially in yeah, a COVID yeah. world. Um, we, had, we had our friend of the show last week, Korea, was at the show this past Saturday in the oh. rain and everything else. She was like tweet, live tweeting from the event and all that kind of stuff. That was a lot of fun last week. Well, let's talk about the show. First of all, I have to. I took a couple of notes of commentary notes on my phone okay. during the show, knowing you're coming on the show this week. <laughs> uh, and the right. one question, and Dad knows where this is going here. Did you have a bet going for how many times you can actually say the word rule ass during the Warhouse Janela match? I had to ask. <laughs> uh, no, there was no formal bet. Um, I, I uh, Two things. One, before the show, Rich and I were talking, and Rich has kind of stayed away from wrestling the past couple months through the pandemic. He's not watching it as actively. And he said to me, I don't really know this Warhorse guy. I've really seen a lot of him. I don't really get it, you know? And I kind of made it a secret goal of mine to make sure Rich Bruchini was a huge Warhorse fan after that match. And he, <laughs> absolutely, he absolutely was. He was completely won over by Warhorse, and I'm glad I was right. But I also did Chicago comedy for a long time. I did Chicago improv. And, like, one of the Chicago improv rules is, like, uh, if you say something once, it could be funny – uh, or not funny. You say something twice, it could be funny or not funny. But if you say something a million times, at some point, it will be funny. And so the more <laughs> and more you say rules ass, like, I don't care how many times, I don't care how long it takes, but at a certain point, you just crack and you're just like, wow, repetition is funny to me. And that was what I was going for there. Just Fair enough. Stuff. Fair enough. We were yeah. cracking up. We were cracking up. I was surprised Rich hasn't seen thing, you know, War Horse Wrestle. I mean, when he went against Cody for the TNT belt, I mean, this guy was is great, and Rich didn't see that match at all. Well, well, a lot of guys, you know, they stay in their their wheelhouses. You know, Rich does MLW. You know, he's the MLW commentator, so he's very yeah. clear with that product, and he keeps up with all that. But, I mean, there's so much wrestling going on, man. Like, most people True. in the business do not watch everything. You know, I've, I won't say who it was. Now I feel like I'm letting everybody down. But there was a very famous wrestler who one time told me, like, I don't watch this. I don't watch this shit. <laughs> I don't watch all this stuff. <laughs> you know? That's funny. No, no names. No names. Yeah. But, That's very you know, funny. it's not a, you know, and it's just with so much going on. And, like, you know, my job requires me to know a little bit about everything, a lot about stuff. Right. Um, that's not the case for everybody. And, you know, if you got a contract and you're – Married to one promotion, sometimes you can put your blinders up when it comes to the work. Right. I will say this, though, about Warhorse. The, the last Warrior Wrestling show, we actually got the code from you guys. We won it off Twitter from you guys. And we watched the last Warrior Wrestling show. <clears throat> and that was the first time I ever got Warhorse. I didn't understand him on AEW. Like, I did, it kind of came out of nowhere. I never saw a match of his before. I understood it at the first Warrior Wrestling show. Like, oh, now I get it. Now I understand why he's so popular. Now I understand why he's so good. You know, like, I just didn't get the character. Now I understand it. So, yeah. now, I have to ask, rain delay, 
right after the George Dillon match, what was that experience like for you? Because that was wild to watch. <laughs> that was the most fun I've ever had. I don't know how it came across to you guys on the fight stream, but, like, you know, we're sitting there, and we were fortunate because we were in, like, a trailer. So we had, like, a – we had a covering, right? But they cut a – they had, like, a door – a hole in the side of the trailer that they put the table up next to so we could see the ring we had our monitor and everything like that right and i'm watching it and first of all great for warhorse beating joey janela what a great moment for his career and good on joey for continuing to put over upcoming indie talent i think that joey janela really in years and years to come will be looked back very very fondly oh yeah uh, but then yeah joey's doing this promo these retribution type masked figures come out <laughs> beat down joey uh then as i'm watching it we're calling it and i'm calling for security and i'm like where's principal steve then it starts storming, right? And it starts pouring down this rain. And all of a sudden, I'm like, well, we need to get everybody off the, out of the field. You know, we got to get security in here. What is this? A pandemonium. Then I look down and, like, rain's pouring through the hole and, like, all of our equipment's getting wet. And I'm yelling at the producer, what do we do? And he's like, pull the table back. And, like, you know, I'm in this moment where I see these people are getting <laughs> trash cans are getting thrown at them. I see people running off the field in terror. I'm getting yelled at by the producer. Rich and I are still trying to call this chaos that's going on. I mean, it was some of the most absolute pure fun I've ever had in pro wrestling was in that moment, that two, three-minute period right there. What a great time. Yeah, on our end, I'll describe our end. It starts okay. raining. You're freaking out on commentary. I'm messaging Maria in the stands, trying to look at the whole going on. And then the feed stopped. <laughs> the feed stopped. And then we have... Five straight minutes to frame the cloud commercials. Yeah. Because <laughs> you guys decided, let's just put them all at once. And yeah. then a technical difficulty screen came up, and that's when I messaged you on Twitter. So I'm like, <laughs> what's going on by us? Ever, you know, I don't want to see a Frank the Clown commercial for a while. I'm, like, <laughs> overwhelmed with him as far as the commercials. Just cut back on the commercials, guy. You're trying to. Hey, yeah. I'm glad to hear you guys enjoyed it because I remember saying to people afterwards, I'm like, if you're a fan, man watching this on fight how do you look away right it was, was like, crazy abject chaos <laughs> like i'm sure that you're just sitting there like what huh if you anything know, what it did for us it gave us a minute to get up and like get another you know, beverage and come back for the second half of the know. show <laughs> if anything that didn't help us i'm you glad know. you guys got to see that that was, that was we were fun. we're just wondering if there's any, any lightning strikes next you know nearby that is gonna kind of uh, cause a production shut down 100 percent and say okay this is it we're not doing it we're yeah. done yeah well, and, you know, and, and, and also i'm very thankful that when it rained and there are people around the ring that was fast. The, no one slipped and <laughs> fell and got hurt that was yeah. fast though that tarp went up fast like wow if, if we had if we had seen lightning i think that we would have had to cancel the show luckily it was just rain um, but yeah, man, the, the, the ring, the equipment, everything getting covered so fast. And then props to Alex Shelley and TJP for coming in right after that storm and having the follow-up match. I mean, I know Alex Shelley is no spring chicken, right? I mean, he can still go with the best of them, but like, you know, the oh. one, one wrong slip, anything, you know, with a body that's seen that much abuse, you don't want to put yourself in a dangerous position. And yeah. I thought him and TJP, you know, they, it, oh, yeah. it was interesting because we had Kevin Koo versus Tom Lawler earlier in the show really just a hard-hitting right. technical classic and i think that um tjp and alex shelley coming out and and having to by circumstance do a really similar bout i thought it was just really interesting man it was like one of those things like only on the indies could you see something like this exactly yep. um our main yeah, event obviously was kylie ray defeating tessa planter to win the warrior wrestling women's championship i know we went into the show like 
of the Get Take the Belts Off Tessa because of everything that's going on with her, everything going on. We were happy to see Kylie Ray win this thing. Sure. Um, Nick, the, the environment in the building for that, because that had to be crazy in there for she won. It was a real emotional night for Warrior. Obviously, Tessa was our first ever uh, Warrior Wrestling Women's Champion. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly what's going on with Tessa, but I also kind of had a hunch that she maybe wasn't going to come out on top that night. You know, she got a beautiful plaque from Warrior Wrestling backstage afterwards. Um, so I don't, I don't know that Tessa is going to be back anytime soon. I don't. Again, we can speculate about what's next for her, but great for Kylie Ray, man. I mean, talk about just all, all American, all Chicago uh, superstar, perfect. Uh, perfect person to carry the flag for, for Chicago wrestling and for warrior wrestling. And I mean, her and Brian Pillman Jr. is the warrior champs. I mean, we have good taste at warrior wrestling. That's for sure. It's true. It's yeah, true. Definitely. All right. I'm, I'll do the hard sell night two this week. It is um, Brian Pillman Jr. Defending the warrior wrestling championship against Warhorse. That should be fun. We have a number one contendership match. The rascals going one-on-one-on-one -on -one -on -one for a team. Number one contendership for the World Wrestling Championship. We have Luchasaurus and Ty Conti versus Chris Bay and Ray Lynn. We have Jonathan Gresham versus Alex Shelley and Jordan Grace versus Kimberly. <laughs> All that on Fight TV this Saturday. We actually picked up the package so we'll be watching all three shows. So we will be watching. Awesome. Yeah, it's going to be a big show. Uh, a lot of great talent. Very excited to see Ty uh, make her independent wrestling debut. And, man, War Horse versus Brian Pillman Jr. I mean, what beautiful hair. I mean, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. There you go. Such great competitive, but beautiful hair. I mean. The, the, the match that I'm going to plug, and I'm telling you, got to watch it very carefully, very closely, is – Alex Shelley and Jonathan Gresham. Oh, true. I saw them doing the match in Ring of Honor, and if this is going to be anything like that and better, I'm telling you, don't look away because if you do, you're going to miss a move. I'm, that's how fast this is going to be. It's going to be fun. It's going to be hold for hold. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, I'm very excited for those. Yeah, and it was cool because, like, yeah, again, the Jonathan Gresham interview drops tomorrow on, on Wrestling Inc., the Wrestling Inc. Daily, and just a beautiful, you know, lead into Warrior Wrestling Weekend for me. Excited to see those two. I mean, again, Alex Shelley, what a pro. I'm sure he's looking forward to doing a match in a dry ring so that he can do <laughs> everything that Alex Shelley is known to do. Uh, but it'll be great, man. Yeah, him and Gresham, awesome. All right. We talked about there's a lot of wrestling going on, and we got a bunch of stuff going on this weekend. Um, Ring of Honor Pure Tournament started last week. We didn't, get to talk, we didn't get to talk about it last week. We had a lot going on. So let's take a look at the brackets real fast. That's Jay Lethal already advanced. Over Dalton Castle in Block A to face the winner, David Finley and Rocky Romero. And then the Asylum Young and Frank Yeti and Tracy Williams versus Russ Taylor in Block B, Jonathan Gresham, as we've been talking about him this entire time. He beat Real Yuda, and he'll be facing the winner of, for some reason, Delirious Dennis. I don't know why. Versus Mass Dell and um, Josh Woods, Jay King, Kenny King, and P. J. Black, and Tony Deppin. Nick, do you have any thoughts on who's going to win these blocks and win the Pure Championship? I really don't. It's been a really busy uh, week for me, um, trying to keep up with everything. Uh, I mean, it, you know, guys like Gresham and Deppin scream this style to me, but it's a real chance for them to maybe make uh, a Jay Lethal or somebody else and read and give them a chance to change up their career in a certain way, the way the way they they look. So it's a horse race, man. I, I applaud Ring of Honor for doing something different. It's been pointed out to me that you know a lot of the companies right now that are running uh, during this pandemic are kind of gravitating towards cinematic matches or huge gimmick matches or whatever you want to call flashy stuff. But ring of honor is pulling it back and saying, no, we're going to double down on some real hard hitting in ring action. 
And I think that really differentiates them. And I think it's going to put them in a position here to really uh, create some noise. And if, you know, what I heard before the pandemic uh, is any indication of where they're headed, I don't think live TV could be far off in the future for them. And uh, I think this is a great way to, to lead into something like that. I almost feel like they're using this more as a chance to work out the kinks before whatever is next for that promotion. Fair enough. I, I, I am personally going with Liesl versus Gresham. I, I, I feel like they were teasing that on the first show last week. Um, sure. Dad, what do you think? Well, when I watched the episode, very, well, there's a lot of background in everyone that's involved. But, you know, they talked about it's a, this will be a second pure title, um, and he wants to have that, and he likes the type of tournament style and, and the type of match where basically, you know, you're shaking hands before, you know, and all of the things that go with the pure match, which is great. And I think what people don't realize is when you're getting a pure match, you're basically getting two wrestlers that are basically going at it, hold a hold and see if they can do round wrestling or if they're going to do high flying wrestling or lucha or strong style. So you're going to get a lot of different things coming from the string of honor tournament. But the one thing you're not going to get is you're not going to get someone taking a cheap shot. And that's the thing about ring this, the string of honor tournament is this is all based on the wrestlers talents and capabilities, which is a great type of, of showcase and their format is great. It's somewhat similar to, new japan but not quite the same so basically you're gonna look at all these wrestlers and you're gonna be amazed on what they're able to do in the ring and how they're gonna be able to accomplish it you know my money is yeah okay jay lethal is kind of the the odds on favorite but i think i'm leaning more toward jonathan gresham getting okay. the pure championship belt i Fair would enough. hope so he he really defines what they're going for here and having seen him at blood sport i can tell you you know this guy's the real deal and he can back it up you know with what he's going for here so yeah, I'm with you. I think Jay Lethal, a lot of people see him. But as far as his style goes, I mean, I would love to see Gresham carrying the pure championship. I think that he is that division in a lot of ways. That would be really awesome. That would be really, really awesome. All right, I'm going to skip our next thing. Look at the clock. We have to speed up a little bit. Um, <laughs> so Speed up? We, we speed up a little bit. We have to get to the big thing coming on starting this weekend. I New Japan, the G1 Climax is happening this weekend. G1 Climax number 30. By the way, this is um, Low IQ 01 Shine. I found this on YouTube. This is actually the last year's G1 Climax team music. So I figured, what the hell? Use it here. So there you go. All right. The blocks are set. The matches start this Saturday. We are, we have our new Japan World subscription all ready to go for this. This will be the first time I get to watch the entire G1 in full. This should be fun. Nick, where do you stand on new Japan when it comes to going into the G1 before we get into the blocks? I will be honest, of all of the wrestling right now that I've been following, New Japan has been the furthest off my radar, the G1. I mean, I, you know, I'm keeping up I'm with New Japan strong right now, what they're doing with the American brand more than the Japanese brand, just because I've been having to do regular interviews to, to promote New Japan strong. And I, you know, I, I could have a nice conversation with you about 
you know, what I think New Japan's American expansion strategy is and who I think they're seeing as stars over here. But as far as the Japanese product goes, man, I'm a little out of school at the moment. You know, I, I know that Evil is no longer champion. I know that Naito is double champion. I mean, I think that I've seen Ibushi is a, is a possible standout here for, for the G1 Climax to possibly set up some kind of double title match uh, for Wrestle Kingdom. But that's about as deep as my thought process has gone going into the G1, which I'm sure, by the way, is gonna I'm going to be thinking a lot more about starting tomorrow. True. And it's going to become a huge part of my life. So I'm glad you actually got me thinking about this. <laughs> no worries. Let me go through the blocks real fast. I do want to give our yearly tradition. By the way, I got last year's G1 right. So I was right. I'm just going to put that out there again. I did pick Kodabushi before the tournament mm -hmm. began. So I'm going to see if this year I can make it two years in a row. So block A, we have Okada. We have Kodabushi. We have Shinsuke Kotagi. Jay White. We have um, Teremon Ishii, which is very popular here in the States. Um, we have Suzuki, we have Jeff Cobb, we have Tachi, Will Ospreay, and Takahashi. Over in Block B, we have Tensei Naito, the world champ. Um, Hiro, um, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Jack Sabre Jr., Evil, Hiroki Goto, Kenta, Toriyano, Sonata, Judas Robinson, and Yoshihashi. Dad, who's winning the blocks and who's winning the G1? Okay, so for my pick for Block A, I'm going with Jay White. Only because I think they want to try to push Jay White again, as they did in the past, and this is the way to do it. Uh, for Black B, I'm looking at Sonata. Ooh. And the final match between Jay White and Sonata, Jay White's going to come on top because I think they're going to give him another push again. I'm not sure what they're going to do with Koto Bushi. I know he signed when he came back to a, a, a very lucrative contract. I don't know, you know, how things are going in the wheelhouse with that. Uh, but I think if they push Jay White and basically do the storyline about who's the real leader of the Bullet Club, I think that's a program they can work on and it, it will be successful. I, I'm yeah. a funny for me is I'm saying Jay White in Block A. Block B is tough because my my brain goes to Kenta, but Kenta is getting the U.S. title match, and now we're feeling they're going to hold off on that to Wrestle Kingdom. So, I don't want to say that Xavier Jr. I've never been a fan. So, I'm going to go actually with the champ, Tensei Naito. Okay. And how it be Jay White versus Naito. And how Jay White pin Naito. And that will lead to Russell Kingdom. I also also think that they're going to have two different title matches at Russell Kingdom. And Naito is going to face Ibushi for the IC. That's what I think is going to happen. So, Nick, you're going to say that and go. Well, I was just going to say, and I don't think you should discount Jeff Cobb here either. You know, I don't know exactly what Cobb's deal is. I interviewed him uh, a couple weeks ago, and he seemed pretty coy, but he did say that he's waiting for somebody to announce that he has signed with him. So he has signed somewhere. Um, and if he is going to be some kind of surprise, like, announcement, or they're going to announce a deal, or they're making some long-term investment with Jeff Cobb, uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see them use this tournament to heat him up either. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I will actually, since you mentioned Japan Strong, what do you think of Kenta winning and facing uh, Moxley? Was, but dude, I mean, I thought it was great, you know, and Kenta Moxley, you know, what a chance for these two guys to just kind of prove Vince McMahon wrong, right? You know, mm -hmm. these are guys that really got the short end of the stick over there. And here you see him now uh, battling for this IWGP United States Championship. I think it's a hell of a bout, man. I think it's I think it's a marquee match. Um, I think Kenta's done an incredible job reinventing himself. I was so bummed to see him lose that momentum with the COVID-19 pandemic coming down because he was just white hot 
coming out of Wrestle Kingdom, you know, and laying out Naito and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very happy for both of them. I think it's going to be – I think it will be a slam banger. I'll put it that way. There it is. There, there it is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Can, can, <laughs> can you get that trademark there so that way there's no copyright infringement? I guess that's my slobber knockers. I call them slam bangers. I guess – I mean, it's kind of just morphed into its own thing. I didn't even – I don't even know. You know yeah, Nick, funny part is you said that during more wrestling, and Dad's like, what the hell was that? I'm like, he said that on every podcast. Like, <laughs> he said. I, I try not to overuse it, but, you know, when I really like something, I'm impressed. It's an absolute slam banger. And I'll tell you where I got that word from. I wish I could say that it was mine. My good buddy, Charlie, um, he has used that word ever since college. I always loved, loved that word. But he got real drunk at his own wedding about a year ago, and he was dancing with his mom. And uh, he stopped, like, halfway through, and he was like, we're done. Tell the band to play a slam banger. And like <laughs> his own mom and like had the band play some rock tune or something like that. Oh, yeah. And it just was so funny. And me and my girlfriend, Liz, we just started using the word around the house and it kind of just That's found its happened. way into my wrestling commentary and like uh -huh. podcasting. And so there you go. That's the story oh, of slam banger. Oh, don't, don't worry about overusing it because it's great because it's kind of like, like I said, JR Slobberknocker or stopping a mud hole in, you know, like that's you say, you know. So, I mean, heck, use it as many times as you want because yeah. it's something different. And I'm sure people are going to catch on and they're going to start using Slam Banger. Sure, Slam Banging <laughs> and Clanging. That's what there we do. There you go. Thank you. You just gave me the title of the episode. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there it is. It's going to take all to the end of the show for people to know what the title means. There you go. I mean, uh, <laughs> Nick talking about Jeff Cobb and and this guy, you know, we've I've seen him from Lucha Underground and go to that New Japan and bounce back like to Ring of Honor. And this is a guy that I think if you promote him the right way, uh, there's going to be a great future ahead for this young man. Yeah. And you know, would I like to see him in AEW? Yes, but I think he would get lost in the shuffle. So probably impact may be the place you'd go for now. Yeah. But but the best thing I want to see is I want to see a match between him and Brian Cage. Oh yeah. Well, if you watch Warrior no Wrestling last show before this at the at the Friday Night Lights, they, we actually saw uh, Jeff Cobb and Brian Cage in the yeah. ring there, and dude, it was awesome. It, By the it, way, it, it, it's, just it's so you know, time for another slam banger. I'm, I'm giving banger. Dad crap because everything leads back to Brian Cage. No matter what happens, everything leads back to Brian Cage. And it took him all show to find a way to get there. Kevin Bacon, you know? <laughs> I think it's just because he's so large, he has his own gravitational force. There it is. <laughs> I think everything gets pulled back into Brian Cage, this Wolverine, for that reason. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it took him all show, but he got to Brian Cage somehow. <laughs> all right. I guess this is where we wrap up, Dad. How about that sound? Well, I guess so. So, uh, go ahead. All right, we're going to close the show with a great big world. I will always be there. I've been holding this one for a while. So, it's a good song for um, COVID times and everything everyone's dealing with. So, figured it was good. All right, let's get out of here. Dad, go. Hey, as always, it's been your pleasure. And please, well, seek South Park first. Wrestling organization dad, Dad, live, you're reading South Park first. <laughs> well, sales first. Yes, that's the order we do things. Oh, okay, I got it. Okay. For more information on our show, including where you can hear our show, go to the Blake and Sales Show.com, our Facebook page, our Twitter page, our Instagram page, 
and comment or leave a reading and review, and we will read it on the show. This is what happens when Sal takes the week off. Um, we are part of the Wisconsin Podcast Association. For more information, go to wisconsinpodcast.com and find out next month if we won Best Comedy. We don't even know what happened in that awards yet. We'll find out next month. Um, Dad, now say your thing. <laughs> well, for more information on it. Oh, no, it's wrong. <laughs> My thing is, always, has been your pleasure. And please, no matter where you live, if there's a local independent wrestling organization in the town, village, city, or suburb of which you're in, please go patronize these organizations. These are young men and women that are coming up to make a career in pro wrestling and sports entertainment. You'll be amazed on what these young men and women can do. And I'm telling you, they work their butt off for for like little to nothing, but you're gonna be amazed. And they could be looking at the next superstar going to a major corporation or a major company. And I'm telling you, go to these matches, patronize these people, and you're gonna see some amazing talent. All right, and Nick, to you. Uh, well, in. first of all, uh, I 100% echo everything you just said. Go support the indies. Um, it's very important. If you if you want to be in, if, you know, reach out to your local indie too, and you know, be a part of it. Say, can I help set up the ring? And you get involved. You know, it's a great way to get to know the community, and it's a great way to get to make connections and and take it a little bit deeper. So I would encourage people to do that. Um, I myself, I'm at House Rebel H A U S Rebel over on Twitter. Um, of course, the managing editor for WrestlingInc.com. Uh, go get your news there 24-7 all day long. Make it your life. Make it your religion, Wrestling Inc. And then, of course, uh, you can find me Monday through Friday, uh, usually around noon central, sometime between noon and one. Today went out a little later to accommodate the Adam Page interview. Uh, but the Wrestling Inc. Daily, that's my podcast. It's been a big, big week, slam-banging week, all week long. Tons of huge interviews. Uh, it's going to carry on next week. Uh, I'll break the news right here. While we were recording, I got the confirmation from AEW. I'll be interviewing Lance Archer here. Uh, very soon. Oh, very nice. All right. We will have Lance Archer on next week on the show. Uh, we'll right. probably drop that on Wednesday since that's usually when we do the AEW interviews. Uh, but then who else? The next week I have, we have Sledge from Ring of Honor. I have uh, Benjamin Carter um, from AEW Dark and Warrior Wrestling. He took on Brian Cage. Awesome match. Slam banger. And then... Um, who else do we have? I've got, I think Hammerstone will be next week too. So a lot of stuff. It never stops. Go, go support the Wrestling Inc. Daily, WrestlingInc.com. And, and thank you guys so much for the time. I love getting out and get to, to spread the good word of wrestling and talk to good folks like yourself about the business. Oh, yeah. no. I it's mean, no problem like at all. Warrior Wrestling and, and the program that is on there and the people that come on it and, and everything to promote you know, independent wrestling. And the people have a great time. I mean, it's kind of like a family atmosphere. Everyone gets along. You know, you have your fights with brothers and sisters once in a while but hey you know this is where what happens yeah absolutely 100 percent, it is warrior wrestling is very much a family for me and i think that's a great way to put it all right next week there'll be two shows up on the feed next week one we'll be previewing the stanley cup finals can't believe we're here and we're doing that that's crazy and then next friday you will hear the clash of champions preview show that's, that's happening already i'm not quite sure how four weeks passed and the clash of champions happening already but that's the thing <sighs> that all being said Thank you so much, Nick, for coming on the show. This is a lot of fun. We'll have to get together again before the end of the year, for sure. It's a slam banger. <laughs> Anytime, guys. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. No problem. Well, thank you, Nick, for being here. Let's hey, get out of here. Let's get out of here, Dad. Okay. I'm Blake. I'm Mark. And you've been listening to the Blake and Sal Show. Have a good day, everybody. Go vote. Go vote. Have a slam banging day.
Thank you so very much. Goodbye, and good night.